Well, good morning, and this is the Midweek Devotional for Wednesday, July the 21st. I hope you're well. Just as a reminder that tomorrow night we have our men's event out at the Fountains Farm. If you'd like to come, uh, please call the church. We still have a, a few slots available, I would imagine. And, you know, I'd love to have to call them and say we need more food. We're going to be catering from David's Catfish. We're going to have some good time of fellowship as we go fishing. And then we will also have a devotional from Marcus Schumach. You know, the Lord has blessed our church with some phenomenal teachers, um, you know, that are leading <clears throat> many of our Sunday schools. And, uh, and one of those is Marcus Schumach. Now, he's new to the church, and so you may not have heard him teach. But men, you should know that he teaches the men's uh, Sunday school class, which meets at the back of the gym. And, and if you're not involved in a Sunday school, I would encourage you to check, uh, check that Sunday school out. Marcus is a phenomenal teacher. Uh, come and hear him teach tomorrow night. Uh, if you need more details, call the church, 867-5395. Also, just to let you know that midweek devotionals will be coming to an end uh, in August. August the 8th, we will, is it August the 8th? Let me check that date. Hold on a second. We are, no, I think it's the 11th, isn't it? When we begin our Wednesday night programs again, that's August the 11th. August 11th, we begin our, our Wednesday night programs again. We will begin with our back to school bash. And so I'll be teaching on Wednesday nights. And so I do encourage you uh, to come. I don't know if we'll be recording Wednesday nights or not for public consumption, at least uh, to put on the website. I haven't decided because a lot of times we have some um, feedback and talking back and forth on Wednesday nights. And so I hesitate to put those kinds of comments online so that people aren't guarded in what they say. Uh, Does that make sense? Uh, so, uh, I don't know if we'll be putting those online or not, but we'll begin Wednesday nights back August the 11th. I'm so excited about that. Uh, so, our Wednesday night series this year, uh, we're going, uh, Lord willing, this is the current plan. I'm still praying through it, but we're going to begin with a series, a short series on the names of God. Uh, we can learn a lot about the names by which God identifies Himself. And so we'll be talking about the differences in the names of God, where they are revealed in Scripture, and what we can learn from them. Uh, Then after that, uh, later, we will be talking about human sexuality. Uh, I'm thinking more in lines of how do we navigate the discussion of gender, of transgenderism, homosexuality, these things within our culture. We had actually begun this back before COVID, and we had to shut it down uh, because we were actually, I just started that mini-series on that topic. So we'll pick back up. I'll start over. And then finally, towards the end of the fall, Lord willing, the current plan is that I'm going to be talking about what we believe is a church. As a church, we are a Christian church, a Protestant church, an evangelical church, uh, a Reformed church, and a Presbyterian church. And, and each one of those things means something a little different. Uh, so I think the plan is we're going to be unpacking uh, those things. Uh, in fact, we that since we had to shut down before COVID on Wednesday nights, we actually have a lot new fo- a lot of new folks, and uh, it'll be good to kind of revisit those things and, and even to think through what does it mean to be a member of our church in terms of looking at the membership vows. All right. Well, if you have any questions about that, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, three three no excuse me wrong number eight six seven five three nine five. Well, let's pray. Uh, so, Father, I pray that as you, um, as we meet with you now, I pray that you would give us, by your Spirit, understanding. We thank you for your love for us. 
I pray for those who are listening, that you would bless their days. Give them joy in the Holy Spirit. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, today I decided to tackle something rather controversial, and that is the question, can women be preachers? Can women be preachers? This really isn't an academic question. I mean, it is an academic question and that I feel like the study of the Bible is actually rather clear on this issue, and I'm going to look at the one of the key texts about this in a minute. But when I say it's not an academic issue, what I mean is that is depending on which denomination you belong to, you may have a female preacher. Now, I've met some female preachers who are very godly and wonderful people and, and even phenomenal preachers. But the question that we have to step back and ask is what does the Bible have to say about female preachers? Well, first, let's start very clearly stating that how we answer this question has no bearing on the dignity of women. I'm married to one, and I have a wonderful little daughter. Um, Women are created equal to men. What do I mean by that? Well, over in uh, Genesis chapter 1, this is really our starting point. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created Adam and Eve equal before him. They equally, they both have the image of God. And so what this means is that before God, in dignity, in responsibility, uh, man and woman are equal, period, full stop. However, we have in our culture confused equality with roles. We would say, not we, our culture would say that if there is a difference in role, then that strikes not just to what someone is created for in order to do, but rather strikes at their very dignity and existence. In fact, in our culture today, it's it's unpopular to say that gender exists in a binary form, right? I, th- I think these are the right words of male and female. You are either male or female, and this is set at conception. It is soul deep and cannot be changed. And it is unpopular to say that, but it is also unpopular to say that God has created men and women to play different roles. That does not mean they're created unequally. Uh, men and women are equal, period, full stop. So hear me say that first. But when it comes to the role of men and women in the church and in the home, God has created us to fulfill different roles. Now, before we go on to talk about this issue of uh, can women be preachers, let me first say that this is one of those gut check moments that reveals whether or not we really do accept the Word of God as our only rule of faith and practice. Do we really accept God's Word as authoritative? Do we accept it uh, as God's inerrant, infallible Word to us? See, many, not all, let me hear me when I say that, many, not all, of the denominations who have accepted women uh, pastors in their pulpits, if you go and look at their statements of faith 
on the Word of God, it will say something along the lines of the Bible contains the Word of God rather than the Bible is the Word of God. We hold very strongly in our denomination uh, that the Word of God is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And, uh, but others would argue that um, it contains it. And so we have to discover within its pages those things which are really authoritative and which ones, which things are optional. Now, do you see the problem with that? Well, there are lots of problems with that. One, that's not a biblical position. But two, how do we know which parts are still authoritative or not? It really is a zero-sum game. Either the Word of God is the Word of God or it is not. So these points of conflict between what the Bible says and what the culture says uh, are moments to help us discover our own commitments and are we committed to the authority of God's Word or do we, as many people would say, do we think we've learned so much since the Bible was written? You know, really, if we look at history, the thing that we've learned so much since the Bible was written is that the Bible is true. We see this especially with the nature of man. I mean, think about all those who were killed in the 20th century. Do we really think that we've advanced very far when hundreds of millions of people were killed in warfare in the 20th century and in genocide? How do we... How do we feel like we're doing on that one, right? But I digress. All right, so the key text, and I've misplaced my Bible. There it is. The key text about this issue, can women be pastors? And this is fairly clear. Not fairly, it is clear. Is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, the context here is, uh, is in worship. If you read the context of 1 Timothy 2 and uh, in, into 3, the context is within God's people. Let me read that again. 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. All right, so first, remember our first statement that this does not mean that, men, excuse me, that women are inferior to men. That is not what this is saying at all. Uh, rather, this is showing that there are different roles within the household of faith, within the church, for men and women. Now, let's walk through this uh, text. This text, this verse, deals with two specific issues. The first is teaching. I do not permit a woman to teach. Now, much has been made of this word, and people have tried to wiggle around it. Uh, to teach, uh, according to one theologian, Kent Hughes, in his commentary uh, throughout the epistles of Paul, to teach means the careful and authoritative transmission of biblical truth. All right, first, remember, this is the context is the church. We're not talking about the public sphere. We're not talking about in school. We're not talking about in the home, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. This is talking about teaching authoritatively within the local church. So I think what this looks like, first, it means in public worship, right? Uh, it does not, uh, not allow, permit a, a woman to teach over a man. 
right? So the public worship is always mixed between men and women. And so this means that women can't be preachers. I think this also applies to Sunday schools of uh, when there are uh, men and women present or, or, or just men, uh, that uh, women are not meant to teach uh, in Sunday school over men. That does not mean, however, that women can't teach Sunday school for children and for women. Uh, we have, uh, first of all, women teaching other women, women in uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 4, and so train the young women, right? So train the young women. That, that's, that's important. Uh, so we have in our, son, in our church, uh, Miss Marsha DeGraff, who teaches the uh, ladies' Bible st- Bible, uh, Sunday school class, and y'all, she's one of the best teachers in our church, period. Uh, ladies, if you're not in a Sunday school class, uh, she would be a great one. That would be a great Sunday school to go to. We also have women teaching children, 2 Timothy uh, 1, chapter 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice now, and I'm sure dwells with you as well. So uh, women play a very important, very important, crucial role within the church, especially teaching other women and children. Uh, my wife teaches the uh, children's Sunday school class. Uh, Edie Kelly often teaches our uh, youth, and so I think these are very godly places to uh, for, for women to serve and very important places to serve. In fact, the vast majority of what we learn about the Bible and about our relationship with the Lord is learned in childhood. In fact, if we come out of childhood with a skewed view of God and the Word, then a lot of work has to be done in order to correct those things. And so these, these are not peripheral, these are not secondary, uh, less important kind of roles. These are vitally important kind of roles. So that deals with the issue of preaching. Now, the thing about being a preacher, being a pastor, is it's not just a teaching position. It's not just a teaching position. It is one also of authority. And so this gets to the second part of 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Now, this would seem to deal very clearly with the idea that can a woman be in a position of ecclesiastical, that is, church authority, over men? And the answer must be no. Now, again, this is, this is not talking about the public sphere. This is not saying that women can't be CEOs. It's not saying that women can't be the president. Uh, those things are, are not uh, in this text. Rather, this is talking about church uh, authority. And it's pretty clear that they cannot. Now, here's the thing. As we think about as a culture in this text, um, these waters have been muddied by a recent new translation uh, of the Bible. Now, I grew up with the NIV, which was 1984, uh, for much of my childhood. Uh, My wife uh, still prefers the 1984 NIV, which is a a fantastic translation. It was what was in our pulpits for so long here at First Pres. But without really being very open about it, in 2011, the NIV was updated. And so if you go and buy an NIV from the store today, from Amazon, you are not going to get the NIV that perhaps you grew up with. And one of the key things that happened 
was that there was a retranslation of this verse in a very unhelpful way. Now listen to the 1984, the original NIV, how it translates this verse. And it's very much like the ESV. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Okay, very clear. Now listen to the updated one. Uh, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Did you hear the difference there? Did you hear the difference there about authority? So the original NIV says to have authority. The ESV says to have authority, I think, or maybe it says exercise authority. Uh, exercise authority. The new translation of the NIV says assume authority. Now, what's the difference between those two things? Well, to exercise authority or to have authority, which has been the historic translation and is supported by the Greek. I looked at it this morning. That means that they're not to be in authority over man. This newer translation, though, leaves room. Basically, that it's okay, according to this new translation, for women to be in authority as long as they did not sinfully assume it like stage a coup or take it away or take over. Do do you see how that makes it more difficult? Really, the new translation NIV has done something very bad, and it has muddied these waters and made something that's really clear but unpopular suddenly very unclear. This was a decision that the NIV translation board made. Now, one of the ramifications of this is that 1 Timothy chapter 2 flows right into 1 Timothy chapter 3. And this has a big bearing on how we think about church officers. Now, in the PCA, which is our denomination, uh, only men can serve in ordained uh, office. And that's because largely of the text we've just read and in into 1 Timothy chapter 3. These are the biblical positions. Again, it's not because women are inferior, but rather God has created man and woman to play different roles in the household and in the church. Why do I say that? Well, the text we just read has direct impact on what comes next when it talks about uh, the officers of the church. In, in fact, it really is a, an outline. So, Our text says, I do not permit a woman to teach over a man, right? And so that means they are excluded from the office of elder. In 1 Timothy 3, we have the qualifications for elders. And one of those in 3 verse 2 is able to teach. That office of overseer or elder is a teaching office. And if women are not meant to teach men, then they cannot serve as elders. What about deacons? There are plenty of denominations uh, that ordain women deacons. Um, what about deacons? Well, one of the problems there is the second part of the verse we've been studying, and that is to exercise authority over a man. Well, the office of deacon is primarily a, servi- a, a an office of service, but it is also one of authority. The deacons have authority uh, over many parts of church life. And so this means that our godly wives are not meant to serve as deacons either. Um, Again, that's not because women are inferior, but because God has set aside different roles for women and men respectively.
So, what do you think? What do you think? I think the text is pretty clear on this one. And it comes down to, are we committed to the Word of God even when it's inconvenient? Or even when we don't really like what it says? Because here, here's the thing. God really does, does know what is best. God really does know what is best. And my life is full of times where God has said, this is what is best for you. And I've said in my heart, you know, I think I know better this time, and I'm going to go a different direction. And I can never think a time in my life when I've done that, and it's turned out for the better. Can you think of one? And if that is true in my own personal life, certainly it must be true in um, the bride of Christ. In the bride of Christ. All right. May the Lord bless you greatly today. Amen.